0: This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hello and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming blog. And with me today are three special guests who wish to introduce each other in some kind of order.
1: (laughs) sure? Introduce each other? Sure, go ahead. Uh, I'll let somebody else go first. Yeah.
2: First up is Eric Anderson, substitute teacher extraordinaire and a man with a wonderful quaff of hair, both on the top of his head and on his chin. Eric, say hi.
3: Hi. What's up, Eric? So yeah, yeah. there we go.
2: Eric Anderson has been introduced.
3: <laughs> yes. And we also have the uh, very radio-esque and producing <laughs> Jonathan Clawson, who yes. likes to kick people off of. Uh, off of boats and send them into Star Trek to face the Klingons.
2: Yes, indeed. Indeed, I do. All
3: right, we, exactly. we also have the
1: amazing Zachary Oliver. Oh, yeah, it's me. It's me. Again, it's of this podcast, which I hear many times throughout the day.
0: And then we have indeed.
1: Matt Eiler. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the baby rocking man.
2: <laughs> I like it. I like it.
0: Yeah! <laughs> okay, so do we have any topics?
2: <laughs> well, let's start off with what yeah. we've been playing. Let's, let's just go around real quick, and Zach, since you are the owner-proprietor and obviously the most important person on this podcast, why don't we start with you? <laughs> what why, don't, why don't you tell us what you've been playing since we were last together? Because last, have... last time we were together, we were talking about how full Boyfriend. That's right. And, and did you ever get a chance to play that? No. <laughs> No, you did not. (laughs) I played other things instead.
0: So, what have you been playing? Uh, A variety of things. Because I've been finally have the ability to record video of things that are not PC games.
2: Yay! So
0: I've been playing a lot of different things just for demonstration purposes, like Ninety Nine Nights and Sengoku Basara, and Vanquish. I'm messing around with, and I played a little Bayonetta. Just to see if my skills were that rusty, and then I played the Bayonetta 2 demo, which is
2: my favorite thing I played. Well, started with 99 Knights. That's that's kind of a Dynasty Warriors clone, isn't it?
0: It is a generic 3D battlefield brawler. Yes.
2: Okay, gotcha. And what, what you said it was pretty boring on the on the TGU Facebook group, right?
0: It's boring at first. It gets better as you go, but it's basically if you like killing 100 guys at once, this is your game. It's more story focused than Dynasty Warriors, if that makes any sense. Is it told through cutscenes through oh, in-game yeah. dialogue? It's told through cutscenes with horrendously dubbed dialogue.
2: Oh, it's one of those.
0: It's one of those. Well, it came out in 2006, so I, I okay. understand. But it's and
2: what what platform is that on?
0: Xbox 360. Okay, cool. I got it for five dollars. So that sounds about
2: right. game. Yeah. i had no so,
0: expectations
2: and then you were playing two platinum games vanquish and bayonetta
0: yeah or bayonetta 2 demo too because it just came out in the wii u couple day couple days ago is it out i is is it out yet or just the demo
3: but oh, the demo the dem- is enough okay yeah.
0: so i played what did the you original think of the demo? game and i played the demo the demo is the same demo they've been showing off on everything nintendo direct and e3 mm. and but RPG now you actually had your
2: hands on it.
0: And I have my hands on Bayonetta 2. And I have to say, it feels pretty much the same. <laughs> Which is not were bad you it,
2: Were you playing it with the gamepad?
0: I was playing it with a Wii Classic controller.
2: Do you think that's going to be the preferred way to play it?
0: I think the preferred way to play it will probably be with the Wii U Pro controller.
2: Okay. Mostly because of the triggers.
1: Is that coming to other platforms?
2: No. It is exclusive to the Wii U.
1: See, I thought I played on yeah. Xbox a long time ago. That yeah, was the
2: original cool. one Probably did. did, yeah. The original one, yeah. Okay. And
0: the you're getting the original game and the sequel if you pre-order it, I believe.
2: Yes, and the cool thing is, is it never came out on the Wii U. The original no. Bayonetta never did. So you're getting essentially two games for the price of one. So this is-, is basically my favorite box in the house. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: I will play it today.
2: Now, what did you think of Vanquish? I'm curious what you thought of that.
0: I played through Vanquish once before, and I feel like I didn't get it, so I'm going to try again.
2: Okay, gotcha.
0: Now when I have for 360. Oh. So
2: now when you have the 360, indeed. Yep. So any, anything else you've been playing? Mm, Nino Kuni. Tali, eh? Oh, that's right. You're playing it with the Japanese, Japanese voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> We've been through that. Eric, what have you been playing?
3: Well. Uh- a couple weeks ago, my niece and I sat down to play her first game ever of Ticket to Ride, Ooh. which is the train game. Yeah, Brian Hall right. likes that whole lot. And at six years old, she has beat her thirty-two-year-old uncle at Ticket to Ride. Did she? So, how did she? Did she get to the longest train? And she just she got, got like the longest train. And she got the three routes. So let me get.
2: She got from New York to Seattle, Seattle to Santa Fe, and Santa Fe to Miami.
3: No, she completed around the outside of the country. That would have been cool, but no, she went up the west coast, up and down the west coast, which of course she loved because she had to collect pink cards in order to do it, so you know. (laughs) Um, And then went east because that's the only way you can go from there. Yep. Um, Toward more the central part of the nation. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but yeah, I was pretty proud of her. she beat her 32 year old uncle in her first game excellent um,
2: Did, have and, you ever played that game on the iOS or the Android platforms like the like the the mobile version of it
3: not really I've played an online version of it which was pretty fun because uh, when you buy a copy of ticket to ride or one of the um, spin-offs or one of the up uh, possible maps you can buy it mm-hmm you use with it, uh, they'll give you a code to play so many free games on the website. Right, right. And that was pretty fun. Cool. Um, I do have the Windows 8 version of Catan, and I play that quite frequently.
2: Ooh. Do, um, do, you, do you have a group of people you play that with, or do you just play it with random pickup games? With the computer. Oh, you do it so, with the computer? Gotcha. Yeah. How it's, long does a game of Catan take you? I'm curious.
3: Uh, Board or computer? Computer. Computer, oftentimes 20 minutes. Okay. It, it's pretty quick with the computer. Really? Yeah. It, a lot quicker than actually playing it with friends on a board.
2: How long does it take you on a board?
3: Anywhere from an hour to sometimes two hours if you've got a group that's, you know, hey, let's grab a snack or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Um, what is
2: what is your favorite snack to eat when you're playing a board game? I must know this.
3: Well, I'm a chocolate holo-like. So give me a Ooh. good brownie or some cookies.
1: Chocolate. Couldn't they get on oh. the stuff? <laughs> you get pizza? Come
3: on now. Not, not if you have these things called napkins. Oh, look,
2: look at this. That's what jeans are for.
3: You're not a finger licker, I guess.
2: No, he's
0: not. Not
3: so much. <laughs> But yeah, you could use your jeans, I guess. That you know, that works. Yeah,
0: works for Cheetos <laughs> and other various junk food assorted things. So
3: yeah, yeah, Pretzels. I take nuts with me a lot when I do games at the clubhouse. When I gotcha. do game nights there. How many? Uh, now
2: I'm I'm curious. What are these nights at the game house you do? Or, or you, these these these? these I, yeah, I can speak. <laughs> I went to college. I can speak. Let's see. What are these game nights you do at your clubhouse?
3: Well, I do two a month at the clubhouse. I live right now in an apartment complex, which will mm-hmm. end soon as our house is being built. Um, but it's, you know, it's one of those we have, like, 410 apartments in multiple buildings off in some random place where no one thinks anything exists. Um... Uh, <laughs> anything except woods. Um, and it's a really nice clubhouse. You won't know, pool, table, kitchen, all the nice stuff. Um... And so as an official event for the apartment complex, I run two game nights a month. I do a Catan night once a month because it's popular enough to where I can it can hold its own as a regular event. Um, and then I do a night once a month, which is, hey, let's just bring some games and play. The first time I did it was a Catan night, and we had 10 people and we're ha- having two games simultaneously. Most nights, it's around four to five of us. Cool.
2: Cool, that's so, awesome.
3: What are yeah. the games you've been playing? Anything, anything in the digital space? Not a whole lot. I don't. For some reason, the last year or two, I just haven't been in the mood for video games like I was when I you know, even two years ago, and mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. Uh, I did do the demo of Injustice Gods Among Us a couple weeks ago, um, and I did enjoy that. I, I'm not sure if I would. Put out the tons of money if I would play enough to make it worth putting out the money yet. But I ah. didn't play it. Gotcha. So.
2: Matt, let's move over to you, buddy. What have you been playing this last week? Or two weeks, or, or two months, or two years that have stood up. <laughs> whenever. What games have you been playing?
1: Um, I've been playing um, Shadow of Mordor uh, since the day it released. Um, and it has been super amazing. Um, I've then, heard it's been
2: described as Shadow of Batman or Shadow of Arkham Asylum. Is is that, is that a fair comparison?
1: Uh, if you're talking about the combat, then mm-hmm. absolutely. And I don't think that they have said that they didn't do it. Um, it's made by Warner Brothers, so I'm sure. Um, what I've actually heard was that it's actually originally going to be a Batman game, and then they, they changed it, and so they just kept everything they had in it. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if that's really? true, but that was a rumor <laughs> I had heard. <laughs>
2: Well, uh, it's funny too because uh, what the guys who made it Monolith—they made the Condemned series, right? Condemned one and two on the 360.
1: Sorry, my son's going to. Nope, not a angry. problem. <laughs> it, He's going again. to kill us all. No, not a
2: problem. Not a problem. I was just going to say Monolith—the guys who made Shadows of Mordor—they um, they, they made uh, Condemned for the 360, didn't they?
1: Yeah. So that's quite, that's that kind that of. Now.
2: kind of a departure. First person punching survival horror to
0: Batman. They made Fear. The original Fear? Did they? Oh, Fear?
1: Yeah, I think they did make Fear. That was a great Uh game, too.
0: Did they? Okay, I'm making sure
1: here. I'm pretty sure they did.
0: Yep, they made Uh, Fear Fear 2.
1: Matrix
2: Online? What? Really? Oh, they did the Matrix Online? That's awesome. And no one lives
0: forever. Yeah, no one lives forever.
3: That's impressive. And but we're all already in the matrix. Why do we need a game about it? But
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, uh, Shadow Mordor was that, a, a really great game. I've just been, um, I don't know, looking forward to uh, messing with their nemesis system. Uh, you know, messing around with making. Um, obviously, you can make enemies in that uh, For those who don't know what it is, it's basically um, as you. This is a free world game uh, free world game uh, what's it called Uh, open world game sorry
2: open world game yeah Um,
1: and you um, you run around kill orcs and stuff but uh, the nemesis system is every single one of the enemies uh, is sort of remembering everything that you do and so um, if one of them kills you um, they're gonna rank up and uh, they become like like Part of the the, one of the warlords, basically, and they become a captain. And uh, you're gonna find them throughout the world and uh, find them again. And uh, if they kill you again, every time you see them, they'll be like, "Oh, you ran away, piece of garbage! I'll kill you again," or just stuff like that. And uh, but uh, towards the end of the game, you can actually uh, uh, you mark them, basically, or I think they call it branding. And uh, Judah, stop, please. (laughs) Um, but anyway, uh, and so you brand them, and they become yours, and so you can okay. have your whole army of works. Uh, it's pretty awesome.
0: Huh.
1: And I don't know. There's, a, there's very few games that. Oh my gosh! Just like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> not a problem. Well, while he's ta- while he's taking care of Judah, let's 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 actually, j- and we'll come back to that. Let's talk about um, hey, Jonathan
0: Clausen. What did you play?
2: What did I play?
0: I'm turning yeah. the tables.
2: Oh gosh. <laughs> Well, before we get to my predictable game, I actually was, I got lured back to Sniper Elite 3. Which is so weird. <laughs> I don't generally like multiplayer games. I really don't. I'm not, it's not because I'm not any good at them. I'm actually usually in the top two or three in Crucible at Destiny. And the only reason I go in there is if I have to do a bounty. Because huh. I'm trying to get exotic bounties and and, and all that junk. Um, Loot. But I just... I, I have no... It, it holds no appeal to me. It really doesn't. So when... When Sniper Elite 3 came out, my brother, my younger brother, who's 14, he was like, dude, you gotta play Sniper Elite with me. I'm like, it's just another run-and-gun multiplayer. He's like, no, you got They have this mode called No Cross. And I'm like, okay, what, what, what does that mean? He's like, they divide the map in half, and you literally cannot physically move to the other side of the map. You are on your side, and that oh. is it. So... You are limited to just your sniper rifle. So the game literally becomes a very slow pace. You might finish a map with only five kills for the whole match because it literally is moving from place to place, sniping people and hiding and looking through binoculars, holding your breath, letting the, the marker get over that person's head, and then shooting them, seeing the bullet go slow motion, and seeing the head explode in great... Great, great, great excitement and great satisfaction. <laughs> Especially since that one person has been sniping you the whole stinky match. Wow, it's very, very gratifying. That's cool.
1: Is that the one where uh, you see like slomos of where your bullet like enters their face and all that yes. stuff? Yeah, not, that so
2: stuff. The, <laughs> not so much in the. It is. It is very impressive. It's very it sounds impressive.
3: Sounds like my brother would enjoy it.
2: <laughs> but I mean they have the normal like deathmatch control, they have the normal variations there, but no cross is so slow paced, it's so much fun. Because it's it's a test of patience, and every single person I've been playing with on there has just been Uber nice and uber supportive. I mean, granted, they're but I think only people in the southeast play this game because every <laughs> that are that are they just matchmaking me with everyone from the southeast because it sounds like I'm playing with NASCAR fans the whole time. <laughs> i mean i live in orlando so i can say this i live in the south kind of sort of but i mean it is it is yes it feels like the southeast the the deep south is playing this game that's that's it it's awesome <laughs>
0: they all want to be snipers
2: oh dude it's so much fun and then of course i've been playing lots of destiny lots of destiny is finally it the did, same they uh they i finally did the first raid i finally did the raid for oh, the wow. first time i finally did it and uh I was extremely disappointed. Oh, really? Not, not that the raid was bad. The raid was actually really well put together. It was really fun. I but, thought it was innovative. But, the, but the thing, Okay, I played through the whole stinking thing. I, we got all the chests, including the one where you don't let the Templar teleport, so you get the uber nice chest that you can only get if you don't let him teleport. Um... All I got was a stupid shader at the end of it, Chatter White. That's all I got. I'm like, it's my, fir- it's, it's my first time through. You could at least give me a piece of gear or something to sweeten the pot a little bit, but no. Oh, no, Bungie knows how to meet out
0: rewards.
1: Oh, I hate about that oh game, man. God. You do, like, Something amazing. It's like oh, nothing this time. Sorry.
2: I got a trophy <laughs> called Raider, and that's about it. Um, so I've got to find more. I got to find people because that's the thing is you have to find people who have the hour and a half it takes to run through it with a normal group, if you're not using the cheating methods like blowing the final boss off the platform with grenades. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wait, Which we, uh, how many people are in this raid? A, a raid is six people, and you have to have six. Just six? Six. Huh. It's not a WoW raid. It's yeah, not I like know. a WoW raid. I'm but, so
0: used to playing WoW raids. It's just
2: Oh, like when you have 40 people and it's all insanity? Yeah, yeah no, no, you still have to have six people, but the coordination still has to be there. Otherwise, you will fail, and you will fail horribly, as we did many times. Uh, <laughs> but the, the the annoying thing with the raid is, and much has been made about this. There's no matchmaking. What? So you, no, there's no matchmaking for the raid. So you have to. It's like the old WoW days. You have yeah. to have a guild, or you have to have a, a preset group of people that have agreed to spend the next two hours of their lives running this thing with you.
0: I can get that in mm-hmm. like an MMO. Like if you yeah. have a mouse and keyboard, because mm-hmm. at least you can message people and type to them, but on a console. That seems a little
2: unwieldy. Well, it it works in a way because Destiny is an MMO in in, in in it is an MMO shooter when you boil it down. But yeah, I I don't know what else to say about the raid other than that. Oh, the other thing is is there's no exposition. There's no narrative to it. You're just you go in there. <laughs> I mean, there's a gr- there's a grimoire card. I haven't read it cuz I don't care. Objective, but kill stuff. I'm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It, yeah, I don't know. So that's what I've been playing. It's been Destiny and a lot of Sniper Elite Three.
1: Okay, uh, my son is quiet now. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I played that, and then uh, I finally got to play Assassin's Creed Revelation, and uh, that was super fun. Uh,
0: yeah, I like that one.
1: Yeah, I like I like the the whole having your own assassins kill everybody for you. I think that's a lot of fun. I, don't know, I just got tired of killing people as uh, the assassin. Now I just get to watch other people do it. Like, Good job, guys. Fantastic.
0: I didn't like Brotherhood, but I liked Revelations. Does that make me weird? Not
1: necessarily. What did you like about Revelations that you didn't like in Brotherhood?
0: Well, the outfit for one. <laughs> Explosion!
2: That was Eric Anderson. God awesome. bless you. God bless America. That was awesome.
3: I must have learned in my fifth grade we had a teacher, one of the other fifth grade teachers that when they sneezed the entire school all around could hear him sneeze, even if all the doors were closed. I must have inherited that from him somehow. (laughs) That was
2: impressive. Not going to lie, that was impressive. I I liked it. I thought you were like
3: exploding. Well, I thought about exploding, but yeah, decided <laughs> you, to keep living.
0: Yeah, you thought the better of it.
3: You
1: would have had well, to close your mouth, and you for sure would have exploded.
2: Well, well, well Zach, keep going. What, what what's, what's impressive about Revelations as opposed to Brotherhood, other than the outfit?
1: Well, I don't
0: really think Assassin's Creed in general is very impressive, but I enjoyed my playthrough of all of them, which was... I played through all five in about a three-month period. So wow. That was probably my own fault. So I got to three <laughs> yeah, and I was out. super burned out. <laughs> yeah. And I thought three was pretty awful. So yeah. that was kind of where I stopped. Maybe I'll pick it up again at some point. I'm not sure. But I liked Revelations because it felt like there was focus and Constantinople's interesting and The Claw. Which the Claw. Stuff. You know what? Like Brotherhood had like a ton of open fields. I think that's the problem with it.
1: Yeah, it did, uh, didn't it? Yeah, it's like a bunch of farmland. You could ride a horse in that one too. I'm yeah, pretty sure.
0: like if you weren't in the Vatican or in like the area surrounding the Vatican, you were just like walking around. <laughs> yeah, very strange.
1: Yeah, it was, the map's kind of kind of smaller. Well, I feel like it's smaller in Revelations. Lots of buildings everywhere, and very few, very very few fields.
0: Yeah, I think Brotherhood is the highest rated one, if I or it was anyway.
1: Yeah, I 3rd heard Revelations got quite a bit, but um I just wasn't gonna pay twenty dollars to play basically Brotherhood again. You know? yeah. I was like five dollars, yeah I'll take that. So yeah. Finally got to play. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Did did you ever did you ever continue the series? Did you play three or black
1: flag? I played uh, uh yeah, I beat three and uh I played like half of Black Flag.
2: Okay. Really? Only half.
1: Yeah, I uh like, borrowed it from a friend and so um, he had to take it back. <laughs> There's oh, well, only that, so
0: much Assassin's makes, Creed
2: you can play. That kind of puts a damper on it, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I played three and I think I was done with the series after that one. It was just the end.
1: Black Flag's a lot better. Okay, sure. it is? It's a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: if I see it on sale for something reasonable I might get it. Yeah, it But it really was good. just like three was awful.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like three at all. I mean, you get to sail around a lot and uh, a friend of mine, he played it, and I don't think he like completed any of the stuff uh, for like the first two or three days he played because he was just doing side missions all the whole time. So.
2: Well, you you can get easily lo- you can get easily lost in that open world very very easily. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well let's let's move let's move the discussion on here real quick. Let's go. Um, let's let's take a look at some of the things that we've been talking about in uh, in TGU itself. In in to goo. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Zach, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Dragon's Crown? You you posted three part review on it. Can and you it'll give be us the, done tomorrow. Can you, oh, good grief! There's going to be a part four. Yeah. <laughs> okay, give me a little bit of a or, or, g- give me a Cliff Notes version. What are, What are your impressions? Or what are you trying to communicate with these?
0: Uh, Cliff Notes version, Dragon's Crown isn't that great. It's merely average. <laughs> That's about the long and the short of it, but. I think the big problem for me is that I can't see where I am half the time. That's really all of my problems encapsulated into one singular hole, is that I can't see where I am. You lose yourself. Yeah. Well, in the game, but not in real life. <laughs>
1: hmm. The game is it? Is it side? Like You move yeah, from side yeah, to side? It's
0: like a side-scrolling brawler, sort of like old Capcom games. Except the art is amazing looking.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of it. It looks really nice.
0: Yeah, it looks fantastic.
1: But the problem is the
0: game itself is not really that great underneath the fantastic art. It just gets Mm -hmm. kind of repetitive after a while, and then... Yeah, so I thought I'd write a 4,000-word review on it.
3: (laughs) Wow. 4,000 words to say. This wasn't really as exciting as I thought it would be. Well,
0: I had high hopes, so. I describe uh, all the good things about it before saying the one big bad thing about it that I didn't like, mm-hmm. which kind of spoils the whole thing. It was experience. amazing,
1: but it's super boring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was amazing until it got super boring. and There's really so, no incentive to play beyond a certain point.
2: Let's go over a couple of the things uh, from Tagoo. <laughs> that people have been posting. I like that. Tegu. That's what I'm going to call it for the Tagoo rest of
0: update. This. <laughs> um,
2: there was a post down, uh, further down, and I'm trying to scroll to it because the computer just completely was stupid on me. Um, stupid where we, computers. Yeah, it was being very stupid. Ah, here we are. Final Fantasy Type 0. And the this is appearing to be a more mature title. Uh, I think the title from the Polygon article was Final Fantasy Type Zero is the bloodiest, darkest game in the series yet. And y- your, your first comment to that was, well, Type Zero is basically Final Fantasy VII with a, with a darker tone, so that's to be expected. Have you, have, how many of you guys have ever played a Final Fantasy game before?
3: I'm raising my hand. <laughs> part of Seven.
2: You played part of Seven, Eric? Uh, uh, yes. what, what was your impression with Seven? Because that was the first one to actually show blood. In on oh, screen, when you when you go up to uh, the Shinra's dude, <laughs> when you go to the Shinra's office uh, and you, you you see the the trail of destruction Sephiroth has left behind, you you mm. see blood on the walls. No, and uh, so that was that was groundbreaking at the time. What about what about you, Matt? Have you ever? What's your history with Final Fantasy?
1: My history is I saw some comic books, eight bit theater, uh, something with ancient. Uh, Final Fantasy characters on it. I think that was about it. <laughs> I've not really played because <laughs> nice. I never had the, the PS2s or any of that, so or PS1s
3: okay. either. Yeah, my my neighbor neighbor owned the game and brought it over, and so I played a little with him or watched him play. So okay, what about you, Zach? Uh,
2: a
0: an extensive history of buying Square Enix games, even though I know it's a bad thing to do. Why is it a
2: bad thing to do? <laughs> like when I bought Kingdom Hearts two.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna mention this every time now. Anyway.
2: And I'm still going to say that was one of the best purchases you ever made.
0: Oh, ew. Ew. No. Okay. Anyway, Final <sighs> Fantasy games, I played like all of them
2: at least once. So, with so you played 7 then. What to your mind what was the darkest of the all the ones you played? Of the mainstream titles? Of any of them? Uh, I
0: think 6 goes some dark places, so does 7. Anything prior to Six is pretty lighthearted. Fun times.
2: What were some of the darkness what were some of the dark points from Six that you remember?
0: Uh well, I mean it does kind of involve genocide and poisoning innocent people and I mean everything's in like sixteen bits, but you know, and whole continents of people being destroyed because of Do
2: you, you know, that's actually an interesting point. That's, let me, do you think that the way violence is presented or just like dark story things are presented graphically, like 16-bit pixels, do you think you can get uh, uh, the gravity of a story today in a 16-bit story as you could say in a in a beautifully rendered, bump-mapped, dynamic lit environment? It's much harder because you
0: have to suspend disbelief on the Final Fantasy VI end of things back then we were able to because there wasn't anything to compare it to but now i don't think people kind of get the same impact that they would have which is why a lot of people are like final fantasy 6 was so awesome when i was a kid but not anymore or even like 7 was great but i can't play it anymore because the
2: graphics and their and their blocky hands and 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 all that yeah
0: Yeah. last time i played it was 2012 i played final fantasy 7 and i thought it was okay
1: was Dragon Quest sort of similar in the way that they did things? Did you play Dragon Quest? Yeah, you know, I played like Dragon Quest.
2: Have you? Because I, I never played it. I never. I I never played it on my Game
1: Boy, and uh, it was it was flat, you know, sort of like Pokemon in a way. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought the story was great, and I, I thought it was fine, even without, like, super ridiculous, amazing graphics.
0: Yeah, Dragon Quest is, like, the comfortable game. You could literally, like, be there for hours just grinding. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun though.
2: So what do you? So let let me ask you a question then. And you actually, and Brian Hall asked this in in the thread. So what games do you consider mature? Like, what is a mature game for you, Zach? Let's. Eric has been silenced. Let's start with him. Eric, what? What to you is a mature game?
3: Well, I think one where the violence is overdone with not just a lot of blood, but a lot of gore, a lot of arms falling off and um, we're really almost kind of unrealistic gore mm-hmm. um, along with some significant languages use and themes of sexuality. They're just in your face. Um, to me, those are what really make something rated M uh, to have a little bit of blood. That's, you know, it's part of life. Everyone, gets a cut, and bleeds a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you go to an extreme where where it's almost like the game is only about gore, then there's something that I think is mature about it and where you have to ask, okay, it, am I actually having fun with this or am I just watching gore go around?
2: Okay. So is it's more content for you than anything. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. Um, what about you,
2: Matt? What constitutes mature, when you when, when you say a mature game, what pops into your head?
1: Um, I know lots of games based at least partially off of violence, but I don't really see that as a big thing for me. Um, I would also go along with uh, uh, language, you know, uh, cussing and stuff like that. I don't want kids to hear that. Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, sex scenes and stuff. Obviously, I think that belongs in mature games. Um, but, I mean, other than that, for just for the sake of, of children not playing it, I think that would be the limit for me. I mean, I don't have a huge problem with, like, violence and blood everywhere, like uh, uh, Mortal Kombat and stuff like that. Because, you know, just as a little kid growing up, he's like, oh, this is normal, you know, type of thing. So, um, but, um, you know, of course, I think some, uh, like, story elements kids aren't going to get, of course, but, you know, mm-hmm. just... Just for that, and I think that's what mature games are. What about you, Zachary?
0: Uh, Depends. I think most On people what? are using ESRB ratings, right, to say whether a game's mature, because it's actually called Mature 17+.
2: Yeah, M for Mature, T for yeah. Teen. And then yeah, there's yeah, yeah, Adults yeah.
0: Only, which is about like 30-something games that no one will ever buy
2: or play. Exactly. Well, no, <laughs> I actually, you know what? I own one AO game. What is it? It is fa- It is Fahrenheit. Huh. Uh it's it's a David Cage game. That's It it's it's it was released in the US as Indigo Prophecy.
0: Oh, you mean the European version.
2: The European version. The European version is called Fahrenheit. It's because there was a I, I at the time I don't remember what it was if it was a topless scene or something like that, but there was a bundle, I don't remember where I got it from. But huh. it was it's one of the it, I think it's yeah, the the European in order to get it released on whatever platform it was on, they had to get an ESRB rating and it had an AO tag on it. Huh. And but I knew the game, it was just because of Western sensibilities versus well, English sensibilities, I guess, or French sensibilities, I guess. <laughs> so it, it got the AO tag on it. <clears throat> I think that's the yeah, that's the only one I own. And it's on Steam. Go figure. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, so anyway, what, what were you saying, Zach? What, what what does it depend on for you? I think
0: it depends on what we mean when we say, like, is this game designed for children or is this game designed for adults? So I would say a strategy war game with myriad complexities or even, let's say, simulation games like Crusader Kings 2 or Romance of Three Kingdoms or, you know, those sorts of games Those are not necessarily designed for children, especially when you think about the layers and layers of abstraction. Oh, yeah. Super good point. Yeah, and these games that involve, like, warfare and how many people you want to kill. Do you sack a city? Do you destroy all the citizens? I mean, it's at a level of abstraction that you can't see what's actually happening. But what you're doing is a game mechanic designed to represent that thing.
2: I remember when my kid... Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt.
1: That helps to be able to read
3: everything that you're
2: doing. Oh, yeah,
1: that helps.
2: Yes, it does. When when my son finally started to be able to read and he was playing games, he, I mean, it was a whole new world open to him because he was like, Daddy, when can I play Final Fantasy? And I'm like, when you can read, my son. <laughs> or, or when can I play this or that? And I'm like, when, when, when you can read. And and he's great now. So right now, the game he's obsessed with right now is Minecraft. And he would not be able to do that if he couldn't put, put two and two together. Um it also reminds me of Civ Rev, Civilization Revolution, yeah, because he can play that game really, really well on the, on the console and Civ Rev 2. He likes to play it on my iPad a lot, and he, he just likes to build tanks and squash everybody. But, <laughs> oh, he, he, yeah, I'm like, well, don't you want to try a cultural victory? No, I want to blow everyone up. I'm like, okay, all right, <laughs> go for it. But, Children know the best win conditions. Yes. Yeah, see, I go for cultural victories. That's how I always go for it because I, I enjoy the, the, the holding the, the evil computer AI off while I try to build my culture it's and also get settlers out. I, it, it is easier, but and then when I can I still don't know how to play Civ four to this day. It still blows my mind out of the water. Huh. And I tried Civ Five. I got bad. a little. I got a little further into it because there was just I have to. Someone has to show me how these things work, and the in-game tutorial in four only took you up to a certain point.
0: Yeah, 4 so, is really good.
2: I, that's what I've heard, and I want to love it. I want to know how to play it, but it's... Uh, it was just, it's it's like going from... It's like eating out the kids' meal with Civilization Revolution and then going mm-hmm. to a seven-course meal at a yeah. fine diner with, with the full-blown PC version. It's a little overwhelming <laughs> at first.
1: Yeah. yeah, it took me about two or three hours to really get it on mm-hmm. Civ 5, at least. Um, 5 is but. weird.
0: I think that hex-based thing really kind of messes up a lot of the mechanics, they're in sieve. Mm -hmm. I
1: thought they were all hex-based. Well,
0: in the way that they're, I mean, they're kind of like hexagonal shapes in that one.
1: Yeah, like the the actual spaces. In
2: the the previous ones, it was just up, down, left, right, and diagonal movements.
0: So the way that the maps are designed is a little more constrained. Mm -hmm. And it kind of limits city growth and how many units you can
2: have on screen. So, like, the level abstraction is a little smaller. Mm -hmm. Now, Eric, would you say there are any mature board games that fit into that category of what you spoke of is as far as content goes because you're the board well, game expert here
3: i don't not really a whole lot because when you're playing a board game you don't really see you know arms coming off and um pictures basically but, yeah i mean when it comes to board games you kind of set your own tone as far as the language is concerned mm-hmm. Um, there there haven't been a lot of board games that I've seen and found interesting that have a lot of sexuality some of them you know will have female figurines that are very purposely accentuated done mm-hmm. yeah sexualized um, but I haven't seen there are, now there are some games that could be mature from the sense that some kids just won't have the thought process available to figure out the logic of the strategy for the game right um. You know, says.
2: there's Ticket to Ride and then there's Dominion.
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, even Dominion, me in my 30s, early 30s, took me many a games before I ever won a game of Dominion. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's you really have to play it to figure it out. Um, and you know, when it comes to role playing games, really it's what the group playing it chooses to make it. Um, they could throw in a lot of sexualized situation with terrible language, or they could keep it nice and clean and, um, just a nice, fun adventure together. It all depends on what they choose to do with it. Right.
2: Let me, let's, let's steer this, let's stay on the mature topic, but let's talk about death. (laughs) Okay. Very mature. I know, I'm very mature. And this is where I get to shamelessly self-promote myself just a tad bit. But this is actually, it's been well established that I'm a huge fan of the survival horror genre. That's like my favorite genre to play in video games. Um, and I was asked to, to preview a game that's a survival game, but not a survival horror game, called The Long Dark. Um, and this game was interesting. And what I want to ask you guys... Uh, and your opinion on this one is what makes a game scary to you, do, and and how do you how do you feel that's best communicated to you? What is it about a game that, in its visual and its in-game mechanics, how does that contribute to your feelings of fear?
3: Well, looking back to when I was what eleven or twelve years old or thirteen, when the first resident evil came out
1: i was thinking of
3: and just the eeriness of the huge mansion and even the uh, the odd audible eeriness that they put with the soundtrack and the footsteps mm-hmm. um i don't know if it necessarily made me terrified but it made me feel nervous right and and then the dog jumps through the window. Yes, and the do- <laughs> dog jumps through the window and you're like, ah! It's and- <laughs> horrifying. Yes. Oh, <laughs> man.
2: Well, how do you feel? What's? Let me ask you this then. What to you, because in the long dark, let me give you a quick rundown on the long dark, and I promise this will be brief. The, 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 the premise is there's a single-player story to it, but that's not available yet for if you were a Kickstarter or an early backer. Right now, the only thing available to test is the sandbox mode. They basically plop you in this world. You're in the frozen north, like Canada. And there was this freak geomagnetic storm. So essentially, it's like a natural EMP went off all across the world. No technology, no electricity works anywhere. So you're plopped down. The only thing you've got is some basic clothing, a match, some tinder, and that's it and you and the whole point of the the sandbox is to survive to see how long you can survive okay. um, so you 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 have a calorie counter that's going down in the bottom left hand corner of your screen you start with 2000 and you we slowly go down and then your person will start saying so cold so cold and you're like okay well obviously my person needs to find shelter of some sort uh, then you've got to find a fire, and you have a 50% chance to light the fire, which is explained in bold white lettering. Everything is statistic-driven. You open up the survival tab meter, there's a graph bar to illustrate your your hunger, your thirst, your cold, uh, your con- overall condition, things like that. It, to me, the thing that I took away with it, and for my short time working at a developer, one of the hardest things to do is to communicate to a player uh, hunger or physical sensations. All you've right. got is text on a screen. So I want to ask you guys, thinking about the games you've played, what games to you have communicated that the most or, or the most effectively to you? Like, uh, just it made you really feel invested in the situation that you find your player in?
0: Man, I got to think about
2: this one. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll start off with mine real quick. It, beside Long Dark, it was Dead Space for me. Because the way they made the uni- the, the UI your health was on your character's spine. So you never had to open up a menu. You always saw what you needed to do and what your character's status was right there just by looking at them. There was no other UI elements. It wasn't like Halo that you have an ammo counter, your health bar, and a compass and all this stuff. It was just a glowing green spine, spinal column that turned red, and the bar went down, and then your ammo counter was on your weapon. So all I had to do was bring up the ar- the weapon to see the counter on a digital display, like Minority Report style, huh. and that was it. And any w- and it, when you did bring up like audio logs or whatever, you your person put his hand up and then you know a screen popped up in front of him. So it was all built in. It felt That's very, um, it yeah, it was very immersive. There was no absolute even the, even when you saved the game, except on the PS3, you never broke immersion into the world no user interface no system mechanics. screens came up no xbox overlay came up it was completely immersive which was brilliant i thought and it it, so there i've stalled long enough what do you guys have
0: (laughs) riddick does something similar actually even though it's not really a horror game escape from butcher bay the health meter only uh, the health meter is like a little like white dots Mm -hmm. That appear in the upper left-hand corner of the screen, but only if you're being actively attacked or taking damage. Okay. So basically, in any any gun, right, will show the ammo indicator on the gun, and this is all in first person, right. So most of the time in Riddick, you're going to be like in the shadows anyway, not in firefights. So you're really just like ducking down low, crawling around, and there's no UI really to speak of. Okay. Yeah, it's a very clean game that way.
1: I uh. Again, not a horror game. Um, Have you guys ever played Aliens vs. Predator, the uh, first-person shooter? The PC one? Yeah.
3: Okay, yeah. I watched it a lot in college. (laughs) Yeah. uh,
1: Like, just being, I remember uh, a lot when you're a Marine, uh, at least. Uh, You're just walking through these dark hallways, uh, and you just got your tracker. Just, <laughs> you know, they start coming in, and you start looking around everywhere. You have no idea what's going on, and the aliens are actually climbing on the ceiling, and it's pretty scary. But then, uh, also, when you're the predator, you're just you so alone because uh, you're obviously the only predator on like the entire planet, and uh, just moving from place to place. And uh, you, know, you you sort of feel superior in that. Of course, you're the predator, and you're awesome, but. Um, it's just like you're alone, and uh, you, they have good moments of just being alone, like jumping from treetop to treetop. And um, I don't know, I like, uh, uh, I don't know, it just had a good feel to that game. Um, and the other game was uh, was Resident Evil also, uh, just being really, uh, uh I don't know, you just, again, you're alone because everybody's trying to kill you, zombies and everything, but um, just that, that sense of somebody's going to jump out of here and kill me at any moment. <laughs> or
2: make you just, a Jill sandwich.
1: Yeah, there's <laughs> next to nothing that I could do about yes. it because I'm terrible.
0: <laughs> I think all think. the games up to the fourth one are really good at some version of survival horror.
1: Yeah, I think I think Resident Evil 2 was like the one in the city, was that right?
0: Yeah, Raccoon yeah. City? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's that's the one yeah. I played, so... Yeah, that game was really scary. But I hate being scared, so I don't really play a lot of them. <laughs> yeah,
0: that would be my place too. I can't yeah. play any
2: kind of those games for the life of me. Not even movies. Now that's interesting yeah, to me because you same. say you you have this ability to disconnect from a narrative and look at things dispassionately. So yeah. how well, how why do survival horror games scare you then? Why Atmosphere do scary games scare? Atmosphere
0: and anticipation more so than ah. Anything?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just okay. building that anticipation of what's what's going to happen next. Yeah. You know? like in
0: the game Fear, which is basically punctuated great, you know, shooting, which is mm-hmm. John Woo inspired, followed by long dark corridors, <laughs> and then something jumps out you and you says, "Hey," <laughs> and I'm like, oh, "Man, I'm gonna shut the game off. I'm good." I think oh, I played man. the demo, and then the cannibal dude like popped out at me when I went down a ladder, and I like, I literally like my heart exploded <laughs> and I'm like I'm done I'm done I'm done yeah good night Not just I you. enjoy the shooting in that game I just I can't make it through the actual game
1: <laughs> one thing uh the aliens versus the predator did for me was um they did a great job at telling the story because predator obviously never talks to anybody but you find clues you know along the way like you'll be walking by and you see like humans with their chest bursted out and you're like oh the aliens are close you know, but you don't know where they are or when they're coming. And so you're, like, slowly walking forward, you know, just waiting for them to pop out of the walls. So, so it's a lot of that anticipation of what's coming. And then, like, next thing you know, you see – uh a predator with his chest burst open. So, you know, there's a predalien around and those things are like 10 times tougher than regular aliens. So you're just waiting for that thing to, to come down the, uh, this huge bridge. And you're just like, when are they going to ambush me? They're yeah. going to ambush me. They're going amb- <laughs> to, so it's just like, they're coming. They're coming soon. You know? It's the
0: atmosphere, the atmosphere and yeah. the way they design the environments.
3: Yeah. That, that makes me think of the, uh, the Star Trek PC game where you're dealing with the Borg yeah, and you're walking through I don't remember the title uh, it came out when I was in college so, and I graduated in 2005 um, but you're walking through this Borg ship trying to accomplish your objectives and you're trying to be careful what you do because the Borg will leave you alone unless you do something you attack them basically right, right. so until you get um Antagonizing enough, they're just leave you alone. But once you are antagonizing, they just come right up on you.
2: Huh. Um, I, I don't like aliens going after me, period. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I prefer not to. That seems and, like a
0: common feeling for most people. Yeah. So you're not playing Alien
2: Isolation yet? I have it, and I've been loving it. <laughs> I, I am enjoying that game Love that you're immensely. Not it. I played through the. I, I haven't seen this. The, the night I got it, I popped it in and played it for for an hour. I never got to the Xenomorph yet. I Haven't seen it yet. But I played it with the lights off, and I I had my first. I just got these new. Um, I had enough reward points to redeem. I got the the surround sound wireless headsets from for the PlayStation, cool. and so I turned all the lights off. Turned on my TV, put the headphones on. Loaded my shorts a few times because they there are some there are some there are some legitimate scary moments that happened in that game beforehand, and I was like,
0: yes, yeah, see yes, I yes, love yes, yes, the yes, alien yes. movie, but I don't think
1: I could play that
2: it dude it you are in the alien movie, in fact, the ship you open up in
1: imagine it with v r man that would be, oh, that'd be gosh, insane. No.
2: No, no, no 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 I don't no, need no, the,
0: and the alien is like smart and chases you and has an
2: interesting ai pattern right there is no pattern that's the that's the fun it's
0: scary but you can figure out its inclinations after a while
2: yes and other than the scripted story beats it's completely random but yeah it's i yeah it was it was intense for that even before you get to the xenomorph because you know it's coming you know it's there you just don't know when it's coming (laughs) and Mm. it's just like no this isn't right why am i here this is not right um yeah, yeah, that's what I've got on that. <laughs> no, more, no more aliens for tonight. You tell
1: yourself I don't have to be playing this game. I hate feeling like no. that. <laughs> yes.
3: It, oh my it goodness. It was an, an interesting. Well, the, the, you would have to go to a con to experience this, um, but at Gen Con every year, there's this group that brings in a spaceship bridge scenario setup where. <laughs> You'll have like five iPads and your team, will, each person will have a different iPad uh-huh. at, at their station. And there's a few lights and a projector folks, to be like the main screen. And so you, one person will be the captain, one person will be in charge of piloting the ship, one pre- person will be in charge of weapons, and so forth. And you're in kind of a little... um cubicle type of thing. So you're fully shut off with just your group and anyone who walks in behind you. Right. And there's a few lights put around that will go off whenever your ship gets hit or whatever. And basically you're, you're all the bridge crew for this ship trying to survive a space battle. Okay. Oh man.
2: Sounds like the Kobayashi Maru.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I haven't done yet because it's like $45 or $25 just for the ticket just to do that event and that's not oh, wow. even talking about your badge to get into the event. And oh, yeah. Ooh, to, wow. Or to get into the con itself, but it, it definitely looks interesting and like it'd be a fun, fun experience to have with friends. Yeah. it sure. definitely sounds exciting. And it sounds like a
2: fairly short experience, right?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think, like, Thirty minutes to an hour. Okay, well, that's pretty long. That's
2: still for for a live game. That's pretty
3: long. Well, yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong about that.
2: No, no, that's I, fine. That that's me trying to do a a, a smooth segue into our next topic.
3: <laughs> short ga-
2: <laughs> short games. Um, let's another topic that was brought up on uh, by M. Josh, who could not be with us tonight. Uh, he he posted a question uh, from a Polygon opinion piece by Ben Kuchera. Uh The topic was "To Hell with Longer Games." Tell me how short your game is. Was the title of the piece? And M. Josh asked us, "Which do you prefer, short games or long games? Will a shorter game make you want to buy it?"
0: Uh,
2: I don't think it really matters. <laughs> Well, let, let's see. Your response, Zachary, was long or short doesn't matter. Some games I want to be long, others short. Just tell me how much filler there is instead. Yeah. <laughs> so now that we've had your response, Matthew, tell us your response. What, what do you? What do you Mine's prefer? There
1: too, if, uh, I think
2: is it. Oh, you're yeah, Matthew Eiler. Not... That's who you <laughs> are. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you are a bad person. I just, I just knew Matthew. I didn't realize that was Matthew. Ah, okay, I'm sorry. I'm horrible. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Oh, uh, and there it is. You're talking about Shadow of Mordor. You wish it was longer. How long was Shadow of Mordor?
1: Uh, it took me about uh, 15 to 18 hours to beat it.
2: So You think that's short? Or do, or uh, do you just, do you found
0: the well, game?
1: it was short I it because longer. I marathoned it and did it pretty much
3: all within a day or something. So, uh, <laughs> gotcha. You
0: know, that's pretty good landing And for ignored
3: your kids and refused <laughs> uh, to eat. Pretty and much, and- yeah.
0: I think that's about the same amount of time it took me to do Arkham City, if I had to guess. It's
3: great games,
1: and when, when I get super excited, I'm like, I'm playing this game all day long, <laughs> type of thing. And uh, so that's why I played it twice because uh, <laughs> then I was like, all right, so now I'm just going to play this game at a regular pace. Do it again.
2: Now, Matt, you're obviously a parent. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think that's a safe assumption to make.
1: Are you um, sure? Myself through the, the yelling. <laughs> are yeah, you sure? I, I'm. I I'm
2: just tell. gonna make a guess. I'm just gonna make a guess on that.
1: So, Eric, are you?
2: I can't remember. Eric, are you a parent as well? No, I am not. Okay, so I we have, have two nieces, but
3: I'm not a parent. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so Matt, talk to me. What are your gaming habits then? As as, as a parent, how does that? How has that affected you since your child? I'm assuming uh, yes. that's the one I hear. How, how has that affected it?
1: Well. um... I play a lot more with children in my arms than I used to. That's that's for sure. Um, my daughter is seven months old, and my son is two. Um, and so whenever I'd get them to go to sleep, I'd be able to play for a little bit. And then uh, after that, I'd have to get off, usually. Um, and it's pretty much destroyed all multiplayer gaming for me. I can't do it anymore. Um, so obviously I have to be able to drop everything at a moment's notice. And yeah go save a child or you know, something like that. Uh, but, uh, Savior
0: of children.
1: Yeah. So I was always got to pause it and make sure nothing crazy's going on. Uh, I mean, so seems- I always fence them in. Fence
3: them in? Yeah. It's not like
1: I play like all day long or anything but like uh, okay my wife doesn't agree with me but um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah um, it's definitely a lot less um watch tv with the kids uh from time to time but Mm -hmm. i still get to play quite a bit at least uh during the night um when they all go to bed or sometimes Mm -hmm. i'll wake up like stupid early so i can play for a little bit but uh but yeah dramatically less
2: what about you eric you're you are obviously uh you said earlier you're you're a sub teacher so what for you as you as you've gotten older for both video games and board games because board games can be long they can they take a long they can t- I give, if you got if you're training a new guy how to play Catan that will take a that'll, that'll take a while. I still don't know how to play that game. Um uh, how's how have your uh how have your gaming habits changed as you have matured and and grown well, more hair?
3: I find that I don't I don't enjoy video games as much as I used to. Um so for for video games for me it would probably go shorter to medium my choice. Um, And for video games, I'm more of a social gamer than I used to be. If I do play, it's more likely to be me hanging out with a few people. Okay. Um, In terms of board games, one of the things that's changed, and part of this is just of my experience going over to Slovakia and hanging out with some European gamers, is I've gone from the big box, let's take over the world games, like Axis and Allies... And risk and such to a lot more euro games of resource management mm-hmm. and um human or yeah human management um managing your your characters so my style of gaming has changed, although I still love Axis and Allies, and I still enjoy big box games. I just picked up Risk 2210 for 10 bucks at Barnes & Noble. Excellent. Um, but I find that I get more opportunities to play shorter games rather than longer games when it comes to tabletop.
2: Zachary, what about you? You are the owner and proprietor of, of Theology, Theology Gaming, gaming yes. so <laughs> I'm assuming that keeps you... Mad busy, so uh, yeah. Well, I have
0: to play a lot of video games. To actually, f- right above video games.
2: <laughs> so. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. So, so let me put it this way then: How much of it? How is your gaming for pleasure as opposed to work? Changed. Uh,
0: the distinction between them is very tenuous. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> sometimes I play a game because I just want to talk about it, and I don't remember much about it. So I just played again, which happened in the case of Bayonetta. And I was like, "Eh, I don't really want to play Bayonetta again right now, but you know what? i got to write something about it. you got to write something about it. And uh, Secret of Mana, (laughs) I wanted to write about, but I wanted to get the same two people I played it with initially to play it again. So I had to actually play that a whole lot. (laughs) Wow. So... You know, these kinds of setups and things. But most of the time, I do just kind of pick a game based on what mood I'm in.
3: <laughs> uh,
0: so if I want an epic grand long adventure, you know, I pick a JRPG or something. And if I want something short and focused, then I'll pick, you know, maybe some kind of single player game or first person shooter or something.
2: So for epic JRPG, you're obviously playing Kingdom Hearts 2, right? No, never. No.
0: That's when I want to torture myself, <laughs> which I'm going to do, because I'm going to play through all the Kingdom Hearts games, and I'm going to...
2: Oh, dude. Them. Even I wouldn't do that. I just... All of them. Just get the ones in the HD collection, and you'll be fine.
0: But I'm not going to play through 358 divided by
2: two days. You don't have to. It's just... You just have to watch the cutscenes. I there own is no- it, though. I own it. I should play <laughs> through it.
1: Sister and her husband, they played through it together, and they loved it, so... I've never played it. But, it's yeah, it's,
2: it's, it's, it's the, 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 the roughest one to play is Coded. That's probably the roughest one.
1: Re-coded.
2: re <laughs> with, a, recoded. with a colon in the middle. <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. But it's, it's funny, too, because you know you look at 358 over two days, and that's very <laughs> mission-based, and it's just short snippets. You can, you can turn the DS on, play a few missions, and shut it off, whereas if you're playing Kingdom Hearts 2, you're at the mercy until you get to the next save point.
0: You know what? I'm going to get this Kingdom Hearts HD 2. Just because I should. feel like I should play through it again. And I want to get Play Birth by Sleep, but I didn't really want to buy the PSP version. So everyone tells me Birth by Sleep is like the best one.
2: Yes, I will agree with that. So I will, that when
0: assessment. I want to torture I need to play through Kingdom Hearts cuz I want to give it a fair shake. Because I feel you like should. my opinion may have been formed by other people and I want to make sure that my Everything you on can-
2: it Everything you've ever wanted to know on how Tetsuya Nomura has utterly destroyed Square Enix can be found in those games.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's why it's, like, important to play them as historical curios about how Square they Enix are. has almost killed itself. Oh,
2: gosh, yeah. It's, it, it, it's awesome.
0: And then, like, Final Fantasy Thirteen is almost the culmination of this. Oh, jeez, yes. Indeed e- it even is. Even though I like Final Fantasy Thirteen.
2: It's, the, like, one of the worst ones. I, no, I thought so. 13 was good. I like... Sorry, Matt, what were you going to say?
1: It was on muted, so probably nothing. Well, <laughs> the, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> My bad. No,
2: I thought 13 was the best of, of the trilogy of the, that they're doing. Oh, I didn't think trilogy? it was a bad... Well, yeah, because you have 13, 2 and Lightning Returns.
0: I mean of mainline Final Fantasy games. It wasn't the worst of the mainline. What's the worst I, one? You're gonna I, say Final Fantasy Two, aren't you? No, I like Two. You mean the weirdo one with the strange? No, I'm talking about I'm
2: thing? talking about Two, the the Japanese one. We never got until the PSP editions. Yeah, that the... one.
0: Uh, yeah, I liked that one. Wow. It was okay. That's not the worst one. Most people say it's the worst. No,
2: one. To me, the weakest one was Five.
0: Whoa. Whoa.
2: Yeah, I was not a fan of Five.
0: We're gonna have a throwdown right now. <laughs> What if you I, jukes? Dukes? I, I didn't I like... I thought you hated that game. I love five. It's awesome. Why are you defending it? It's
2: <laughs> uh, the best. Uh, six was, to me, the, the, uh, the... Six and 12 are tied for me for the best.
0: You know what? Those aren't bad choices.
2: A lot of people didn't like 12 because... And 12 is a long... You want to talk about long games. 12 is a long game. I think it's probably out of... I think I sunk... I'll have to boot up because I still have the save file. I'm, I'm willing to put money on the fact that I probably put 180 hours into that game.
0: And see, that's a super long game. See, so Final Fantasy can be long is what you're saying.
2: Yeah, because I did all the hunts. I'm one of those completionist people. I have to do all the side quests or I go crazy. So all the hunts in 12 take a long time. <laughs> Very long time. Yeah,
0: and it's also a game that's kind of half finished. In, a, in some weird ways? Uh,
2: yeah, I guess you could say that.
3: I guess you
0: could say well, that. Well, when your director switches halfway through, usually that's what happens. Which is <sighs> yeah. what's
2: going to happen with 15, too. So. Oh, it already did. Yeah. Yeah, they, they kicked him off. Good. good. They kicked Amura off about six months ago and told him, go finish 3, because yeah. we need money. Go finish 3. Yeah,
0: you and your pleather fetishists can go over making Mars 3. <laughs> we over did- here will make a video game. <laughs>
2: yes indeed the final fantasy
1: 15 the bromance trip, road trip
0: hey i don't mind if that's what it is it'll be good
1: <laughs> i've done road trips they're pretty fun but i've never fought big monsters on mine so I'm sorry to say.
2: oh man well let me, let, let's wrap this up let's say this what games we we've got we're almost to the midpoint of october in fact we are at the midpoint of october We've got two and a half months left until the end of the year. What games are you guys looking forward to? It can be a board game, too, Eric. It
3: can be any uh, kind of game-related thing.
2: What, yes. What are you looking forward to most coming up in the holiday season?
3: Well, one. there's two things I'm really looking forward to coming out. One is King of New York. Uh, I haven't played it yet. I was unable to get the demo at Gen Con. But I have King of Tokyo, the sister game. And I love King of Tokyo, and I'm looking forward to the idea of two games where the monster, the characters or monsters that you play as are interchangeable between the two games.
2: If we ever play together, I call Cyber Bunny. Oh, uh, you do? Okay. Yeah, and then I, I, will, I will kick your Kraken up one side and down the other.
3: Oh, it's like a kaiju combat. I do combat. like playing Kraken. Yeah, Kraken's pretty cool. It's,
2: it's, 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 a, it's a comical spoof on Godzilla. It really yes. is. It's like a it's
0: kaiju it's... combat sort of thing. You know? y- yes. It
3: kind of is, it's, yes. It's Godzilla-themed Yahtzee with a King of the Hill aspect. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That sounds weird. It is a lot it's of fun. fun. It is a King lot of fun. King of the Hill, the kids game, not King of the Hill, the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. yes. So, uh, and I'm also looking forward... I, did At Grand Con, I demoed uh, Sheriff of Nottingham. It is a awesome, fun, bluffing game. Ooh, you have, I love bluffing games. You are all sitting around the table, and each turn a different person is the Sheriff of Nottingham. And the rest of you are coming through the town gates and trying to get the Sheriff to let you through with your goods to sell without... Checking to see if you have any contraband.
2: Ooh!
3: And so you're, you, know, you, you reach over. So I have three sets of apples in here. Wink, wink. Or, yeah, you know, <laughs> here, here. Look, look you're such a good sheriff. I'm just gonna add, donate to your cause a couple of coins. You know, but don't worry about my purse. It's just a. Just a little bit of bread, don't worry about that. Um, and we even were told the story by the guy that taught us the game. He's like, Yeah, Gen Con, someone was doing something that says, Well, I'll pay you so much if you don't check my He's like, Okay. Then a few minutes later the other guy on the other side of it was, Hey, where's my eight or twenty coins that I'm missing? And it's like, Well I didn't tell you I was gonna pay you with my money. <laughs> <laughs> nice. that's totally legal for the game. <laughs> so it's, just, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and, and I played it. Th- yeah, I don't need to go into that story since we're trying to wrap up. But it is a really uh, fun, exciting game.
2: Well, I want to hear. I, I, I'm going to go see if they have it at Cool Stuff here. Because for me, I was just, when you were talking about that, it reminded me. It has nothing to do with it actually but it just reminded me of a board game i was introduced to last week have you played it nuns on the run
3: i have not. i've heard of it i've not i've yet to play it nuns on the run
2: <sighs> okay this game is unique you are you have pieces but you don't move them the okay. the, the, the premise is, is you are six little nuns in training who have secret desires that are sinful they are <laughs> it, it can go very badly very quick if you let your mind wander but the, like the nuns so here's the deal you the, the whole point is you have to escape from your room find the key to the locked room wherever your secret desire is it for one for my girl it was a bottle of brandy another one it was a piece of cake another one it was a book of dark magic it's just it, it's weird stuff okay so you are you have to get to the key get to your secret desire and get back to your room All the time there's like a dungeon master someone who's controlling the two uh uh, over mother superiors or whatever who are constantly roaming the halls on a set path but the cool thing about it is is you don't move your piece your token you don't move it you 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 can either run walk or sprint but you have to put down on a piece of paper what your move is and you have to be honest because then you have to tell the 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 mother superior player, yeah, your person saw me because the whole point is not to let the mother superior know where you are. And there's checks for for noise and and line of sight, and it's really fun, really fun. I D D for
1: nuns. <laughs> it is
2: it is D and D for nuns. Excellent, Matthew. What are you looking forward to in the next couple months?
1: Um, I'm thinking about. Maybe next month, getting uh, Sid Meier's Civilization Beyond Earth. Uh, that's coming out on October 24th. Um, it's uh, it's like Civilization Five, basically on a different planet. And, uh, in space. So it's Alpha space. Centauri, right? Yeah, and I, mean, I think one of the things I like most about the idea of this is um, I don't have to research husbandry anymore. Or Woo-hoo! how to ride horses, or what compasses are. Now I'll be figuring out uh, different sorts of AI, or how to turn myself into a robot, or uh, you know, killing aliens, stuff like that. I, don't, I think it'll be really interesting to play. That
0: animal husbandry is exciting. That's <laughs> basically is the, the, definition. Than
1: space. the definition. sheep <laughs> and cows. You know, yeah. just love that. Stuff. You know Tom Hammond
0: from like NBC. He's a he has like a degree in animal husbandry. <laughs> Awesome. Seriously? Yeah. He breeds uh animals, yeah, in his off time. When he's not a sports commentator. <laughs> um, I know
1: how weird that sounds. But... Uh, wow. Looking forward to uh games to go on sale at some point. Uh 'cause that Steam always has a steam sale sometime during uh winter break or something like that. So
2: What about you, Zach? What are you looking forward
0: to? Uh well. I am obviously looking forward to Bayonetta too. In one. Of course. <laughs> Again. But in terms of actual games that are not Bayonetta. I am looking forward to playing 25. Smash Brothers Wii U.
2: You took my answer.
0: And <laughs> I think one other weirdo one. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. That looks fun. I don't know why different. it's at a reduced price point and I don't know what exactly it contains, but it looks interesting. And I think that's what Wii U has that the other consoles do not, which is interesting, weird, one-off experiments. Like Hyrule Warriors, for example. What the heck is that thing?
2: (laughs) I still don't know what that
3: was.
0: (laughs) I know, it's so confusing. Why is there a (laughs) Dynasty Warriors game with Zelda characters? But Nintendo is taking weird creative risks and Mm -hmm. I applaud them for it.
2: I think the game I'm looking forward to the most aside from smash brothers is probably going to be, um, and you're going to hate me for this. Zach is, is kingdom hearts 2.5 HD. Uh,
0: well, you know what? I'm buying it with you. So maybe we should both play it at the same time and see what happens.
2: You know, I would, I would enjoy that. We should do that. Yeah. And I'll I was play do gonna...
0: the first one. Cause I just bought it recently.
2: Oh, excellent. I was going to say we, you and I could try to do secret of mana together, but I'm not sure how we could do that remotely.
0: Is there interne- There's no online-enabled version.
2: No, no, there's not. Oh. I, I didn't know if... It would be cool if they... Ah, Man, that would be super could, great. If they could bring an online co-op version of it to the market, that would be nice. <laughs> that would be
0: very nice.
2: You could do it via emulator, but we're not
0: illegal people.
2: No, No, I have a physical copy of the game, so I could own a ROM legally.
0: Yeah, so do I.
2: So there you go. We would not be in <laughs> breach of copyright law.
0: No, we're all legal here, all legal. yes,
2: we are highly legal indeed, highly legal. all right, Zach, take us out. man. you got anything else you want to share with us or are you, you you can you can take us out
0: no i think I think I'm good. you think you're good Is everyone uh, else good?
1: follow us at theology gaming universe yeah. <laughs> oh yes,
2: indeed I think I'm good all right. All right.
0: Well, this has been the Theology Gaming Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please go to iTunes and subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. If you can't give us a five-star rating, then give us a four-star rating. If you can't give us a four-star rating, give us a three-star rating. (laughs) If you can't give us a three-star rating, give us a two-star rating. If you can't give us a two-star rating, give us a one-star rating. And if you can't give us any rating, well, don't bother writing anything.
1: (laughs) Oh.
2: Nice.
0: If you want to talk to us fine folks... You may join us at Theology Gaming University, which is our Facebook group. We like talking about things.
2: Indeed. We have a lot of good topics up there that we will probably discuss in the coming weeks. Yes.
0: Exciting we talk, stuff. We talk about controversial things sometimes. We do, sometimes. and then we never show up for podcasts for them. No, we're no, getting huge
1: true. fights with each other. It's a good it's,
0: time. It's sometimes <laughs> we initiate podcasts and then we don't come to the podcast. Just something about missing buses
2: or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah,
0: and yeah. we couldn't get our bike on the bus.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. See, We're not buses... talking about Michael Jones, but we really are.
2: Yes, I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, he's going to hate us. All right. And uh, Shameless Self Promotion, Jonathan Clausen. He writes for GameChurch and Inquisitor.com.
2: Yes, you can follow me at one easy to follow place uh, on Twitter at AlphaBovine. A L P H A Bovine.
0: Eric Anderson is the director and head chaplain of Nerd Chapel.
3: Yes, and you can find us. Search for Nerd Chapel on blogs, Blogspot, Facebook, and YouTube.
0: And Matt Eiler I, is Matt I'm, Eiler.
1: I've recently become a in training youth pastor. So oh, yes, awesome. Okay.
2: So, well, you we know, from? you tech, you know, technically, the word pastor means shepherd, and you already have a daughter, so you kind of technically are already oh, a youth. pastor. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> You are a pastor to to your child, hurting the yes.
1: I'm hurting small children throughout the day, and then teenagers (laughs) (laughs) on Wednesdays.
2: Which which do you prefer to hurt the most? Uh, (laughs) Don't
0: answer
1: that. More related to my children, so (laughs) Ah, nice. I like I like that. I like that.
0: All right. Well, this has been the theology gaming podcast. I'm Zach. See you guys later. Signing off. Bye bye.
1: Bye, future self so, or yeah, future bye. self. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it.